Hey guys, welcome back to the Waterlair Podcast. I'm James Marshall and thanks for tuning in to another episode. Very much appreciated. Or if this is your first time, well then welcome to the show. And there is plenty of great lad stories for you to scroll back through the archives and get your ears around. But this episode is brought to you by Reminder Sports, who make some of the coolest sports gear out. And they've been working behind the scenes on a Waterlad basketball singlet for the summer, which will feature some of the Waterlad legends who have come on the podcast already. So stay tuned around that space. Make sure you're following the Waterlad Instagram page if you're not already to stay right on. But anyway, I have an absolute legend of a lad for you for this episode. So let's get to it. What a lad. Well, today I'm stoked to be in the presence of arguably the greatest pound-for-pound lad in the game. He's a fan favourite for good reason, as his ability to dominate at the highest level, despite his size, is impressive to watch. He firstly starred with Waikato in his early years, before carrying the Chiefs over the last few, and now he's a very key member of this All Black squad. He's also just recently signed with Suntory in Japan, which I'm really looking forward to hearing all about. It is one of the greatest lads around. It is Damien McKenzie. Welcome, mate. Thanks, mate. Thanks for that kind introduction. Very kind words. Mate, you're an absolute wizard, so I'm stoked to have you on. But firstly, let's start with the big signing, move to Suntory. How did that all come about? Yeah, it's, um, I guess I was sort of looking last year at like different, I was off contract. So just looking at opportunities um, offshore and just seeing what was what was out there. And uh, there was a couple other clubs who I, was, uh, I looked at and then, um, obviously, Bodie had been at Suntory, so got to talk to him about it. And yeah, just thought it was a good chance to to come over. Um, I'd be lying to say if like the money wasn't good, um, it was. So it's an opportunity to to benefit in that way, but also just to you know try something fresh. Hopefully, you know, obviously been playing super for a while now, so something maybe less physical. And yeah, it's uh, it's here now, so looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Mate, you're going to kill it over there. That style absolutely suits the way you play, eh? Like, it's just so fast, high-tempo footy. So the rugby's not for everyone over there, but I think you're going to um, absolutely thrive over there. Yeah, it's going to be – it's it's obviously they play a bit of an attacking brand and everyone's probably a bit more my size over here, so it's <laughs> going to help as well. Um, and then we've got some great lads at the club as well, which is, which is great – Good few Aussie boys and Tom Sanders has just signed there too, which is awesome. Nice. Um, so yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fun afternoon rugby a lot of the time, which is awesome too. And uh, yeah, we start. I think the first matches in might be the sixth of Jan, maybe. So yeah, it's going to come around quick, mate. Do you feel any pressure coming in, filling in uh, Bodie's boots, and obviously taking his contract plus some? Well, it's definitely not his contract. <laughs> definitely not. Definitely not plus some. But um, on. Not so much. Obviously, Buddy's a great player, um, you know, so being able to, I guess, chat to him about what it was like playing over here has been great. And um, I think for me, it's, I think, like you said, I think it's a game style that um, suits the way I play. So I'm looking forward to getting out and just being able to try and play that attacking rugby and, um, yeah, just try and add my sort of spice to the to the team and what I can do. So, uh, yeah, it's hard boots to fill. Um, knowing Bodie's been here, it's going to be fun. I've um, got some good guys around me to play with, so mm. hopefully leave a good stake in the ground and, yeah, play some play some good rugby. Mate, no doubt. So you're only there for this season and then you're back to New Zealand rugby? Is that how the contract works? 
yeah, yeah, I'm just uh, here for, for the one season, so sort of be back in um, roughly May-ish, around that sort of time, and then, yeah, I'll obviously sign back with New Zealand Rugby and then play might of 10 for, for the first while, because obviously I'm not eligible to play straight away for the All Blacks unless there's an injury, which, oh, okay. yeah, so obviously I'm going to have to play good rugby over here, though, first to be considered in, in that squad, so then again, yeah, I'll come back and I'll just play for mighty strong arm who had a great year this year and yeah right. and provincial rugby's um fun rugby to play and I've some a level of rugby I actually missed playing. I remember the last two games last year playing for them with some of the mm. most enjoyable rugby I played. So yeah, that's the plan and um yeah we back definitely back to the, the one and only Chiefs as well. Nice mate. You're gonna be deadly in that strong arm team. They went a little bit too good this year, didn't they? They were good, mate. They got a good young side and um, a couple of old heads. You've still got hunger floating around, and yeah. um, but they went really well. Uh, they're a good side, and mm. uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah. Like I said, it'd be be cool to be able to get back and play some rugby for them. Yeah, mate. Their side sort of reminds me a little bit about the side um, maybe four or five years ago when you and Anton Leonard Brown and Weber and stuff were all coming through, all young, very exciting players, and they've got they've got that again now. Yeah, they do. It's um, we yeah we were lucky enough when we started out we had a couple of old heads we was a bit older than us but then a few young guys coming through which was great which was great like we were one of those teams where you know some weekends we come out and could play the best rugby ever and beat a lot of teams but then you know, some weekends we obviously experienced uh, played a role and there was one yeah, I remember one game in particular where a couple of grubs from Taranaki did did some did a few things to us I'm sure Marty's probably put that told you that story um. But yeah, we we had an exciting team. It's like they got now very very youthful and and a bit of experience too. And they just play exciting brand rugby. It's good to watch. <laughs> Give us a little bit more about the the grubs from Taranaki. Is this when uh, you didn't talk to Swano for a few weeks? Was it after that game? What did he do? He must have been filthy. Yeah, it was. Um, it was my first year, and I mean, um, yeah, we went down to Taranaki, and and uh, we got a got a hiding actually. I think. Was something like forty or fifty something to nil, and and I don't know what like, <laughs> like I'm all for like you know your your small talk and stuff, and but hey, Mar- and particularly hey, Marty was grub like <laughs> on one occasion. It's just me and him, and next thing I've just been clocked in the head, and I'm like, what's going on here? And I thought it might have been someone else, and so anyway, it's only Marty and I jump up. Like, what are you doing, mate? And he's like, oh, it wasn't even me. I was like, it's like you're pathetic. And then it was like, well, you could like your, your crap bakers. He was he was playing for them. And he's one of you. He's probably a bit better now, but one of you know, top grubs you'll play against. Yeah. Yeah. Angus Tarvio, he always reminds me of it. And I remember I, after that game, I, my uh, love for the Naki was, but like, it wasn't much at all. And then, yeah, I didn't, it was pretty, pretty sour after the game. And, Probably wasn't until two, two weeks later until actually Marty had to go up for an operation. I'll say I'll be the touch base just in case something bad happens. So, yeah. But, yeah, it was, um, and yeah, it wasn't, I don't know if Mum and Dad were too happy. It was probably quite embarrassing for them was chucking the ball at Marty when he was on the ground. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, I hate moment stuff, eh? Hey? <laughs> We've all been there. We've all been yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I'm sure, yeah. Probably you, I'm not sure if you had a scenario with Tojo, but, yeah, it's... um. That rivalry between your brothers, eh? It's always yeah, there. Mate, 100%. And anyway, let's get back to your Japan thing. So what's your living situation there? Are you just in like an apartment? Have you pretty much walked into Bodie's yeah. apartment? No, nah, no. Nah, he was in the penthouse. <laughs> um, so I'm not in that. And 
Oh, I'm just in a yeah. I've got. I'm not. I'm, I'm currently in MIQ, so got in on Tuesday and straight to off the plane into MIQ. I've got two weeks in this room, hotel room, where I can't can't leave the room. The window does open, which is nice, and then got a watt bike in here. There's a wee night show, night night light show out here on every night, which is um, good for good for headspace. Just sit out, sit out and look at that for during the night and. Um, yeah, and then when I get out, I, yeah, so out in two weeks' time, and I've got a two-bedroom apartment. So most of the boys live in this one big apartment block. Um, so I'll move in there, and um, I think it's quite close to training. And yeah, it'll be good to just be myself, sort of locking it down. And right, yeah. living the dream, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> loving it. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you know about Japan? What do you know about like the lifestyle over there? You've obviously spent a little bit of time there before, have you? I have. Yeah, I've travelled here with, with the ABs a couple of times, and yeah. then with the Chiefs once, but. It's funny when you actually travel by yourself, you know, like you, you obviously travel with a team and yeah. it's easy because you just, you know, like you're told where to go, yeah. what to do. It was like me trying to get to the airport on the other day. Like, I was In like, Japanese. Just, like just the lost soul, eh? yeah. like just walking around. Um, I obviously found my way here, which was fantastic. But yeah, you take it for granted. I guess you're always traveling as a team and then. But as a, yeah, as an experience, obviously, I love Japanese food. The Japanese people, every time I've been here, are so welcoming and very nice and um, able to travel around and get on the train and go away for some weekends. I've got Robbie Robinson, cousin, he's over here, so catch up with him, yeah. try catch up with him and his family a bit. And, and then, obviously, heaps of mates are scattered around the place. And um, So I'm looking forward to getting there. I think it's less restricting from what it was last year, talking to Bears, mm. what sort of restrictions they had on them. So it'd be nice to be able to get out, trip around, Smash a few ramens. Looking forward to that. So, right, you're going to um, come back yeah. massive. Oh, well, I tell you, I've got this Watt bike in here, and I'm currently living off bento boxes. So, oh, true. That's shocking. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner is like a cold bento box. Oh, crook. So, um, it's like it's not too bad. It's not great, but it's not too bad. But mm. I said, so I said, I'll walk out of here, and I'll go, "Who's this wee toothpick we signed?" Like, because there's no way. It's the only thing I got to lift is my bed. Um, and other than that, it's pretty much just jump on the walk bike. So I'm, I'm not going to come out in the greatest nick, I don't think. <laughs> Mate, I don't think they'll be expecting a massive human when they when they sign you. To be fair, <laughs> nah, nah, we're well, not going to get out on smart. Like I said, bento boxes, and they've like I've been very lucky. They've sent me some noodle boxes and stuff, and yeah, it's. Uh, be nice to get out and actually go out and have some proper Japanese food. 100%. And so you were just dropped off on the way back from Europe. So um, how was camp after that tour? Obviously didn't quite finish the way you guys were probably hoping for, but up until a couple of weeks ago, you guys were on fire, which people are pretty quick to forget. Yeah, it was it was a big tour. Like it was long, like thinking back when we were in Aussie and then obviously over to the UK and Northern Hemisphere tour. Um, like we ended up, I think, how many games was it? 15 tests throughout the year and we won uh, 12 of them. Like you said, people easy, easily forget those games after a couple of losses and like I said, like Ireland and French team, they're great sides and yeah. it's um, it's probably, you know, like a good thing for us. Like it's a good way to learn how we can get better next year with uh, a couple of losses and it's, it's good how, like, how competitive the world rugby is. Like everyone's the teams are so tight and close now, so. Um, but it was a fun tour. But, yeah, you could definitely tell at the end of it, the boys were looking forward to sort of getting back home. And, like, it's a long time away from family for a lot of those guys, and yeah. particularly with kids as well. And But we had some fun. Um, Aussie was good fun. Uh, played plenty of golf. Went to the grand final. And then, yeah, jumped on the plane over 
over to the UK and, and uh, yeah, we weren't really allowed out of our hotel that much, but we sort of made the most of what we could do. And But yeah, it, actually, it felt like it flew by quite quickly, but as um, boys back home, they got a seven day quarantine. It's quite funny. Like I was leaving and started end of August, early September. I was like, right, went down and see my parents. I was like, right, I'll see you in May. It's like, it's a long time sort of traveling away, but yeah. all for the experience. It should be fun. Mm. Mate, how hard is it to stay right on mentally throughout a long tour like that? Because obviously All Black camps are pretty intense. Uh, talking to Squire the other week, how he talked about just how mentally draining it is to stay right on that whole time. So a tour like that must have been um, pretty tough to be fully onto it mentally that whole, for that whole tour. Yeah, big time. It's um, Obviously in the past, you know, like you take it for granted when COVID wasn't here, you could just sort of get out of the hotel and go for a walk around and, but you know you were pretty confined to the, the the team environment the whole time, like you couldn't really escape it. But mm. yeah, it, it does take its toll. But I guess the team itself and the coaches and management are pretty good at just recognising that and giving giving us sort of time to ourselves when we need it. And um, yeah, it is tough. Like it's it's you know like when you're in that camp and you're under that pressure every week. Like doesn't matter what team you play, like regardless of what team it is, whenever they play the All Blacks, they come out the blocks flying and. You know, if you don't win by a certain amount of points, you, you know, it's you haven't played that well. Or if you lose, it's like you're, you're under, under the scope for the whole week. And so it is pretty, um, pretty daunting, the whole pressure. And I've decided, you know, trying to escape it can be quite hard, particularly when you can't sort of get out and about with mm. being confined in our own bubble. So um, it is definitely tricky, like for sure. Like, be lying if I was saying, you know, you don't have times where you, it's like hard to escape. But yeah. Um, you find ways you just hang out with the lads like we play golf on Wednesdays and that's like a, just a huge like it's like we live for our Wednesdays like we played some epic courses while we are away yeah. thanks to Bodie um, <laughs> and it's just like that's a good way just to, just to get out of it get out of the hotel like we had probably on our good days like 16 blokes like going out playing golf oh, that's right. yeah massive crew of us and we, we were fortunate enough to play we ended up playing on tour when we were in the UK for Ryder Cup courses that have um that have been played we played in wales Celtic manor oh, yeah. um congressional which is in they plan so far ahead so that's in 2037 i think it's a wee way away marco simone in italy which is the next one and on the french Oli golf national which was um played a few years ago so we were very lucky with the golf so that was how like we get out on golf days and we just take off for the day how is your golf yeah. game now i haven't seen I haven't watched you played since since the New Zealand Open, obviously, where you um, had the ups and downs. <laughs> oh, that's that's it started pretty poorly, like real poor in Aussie. Like, but we were playing like so much, like we played so much golf, and to a point where I was just honestly lost my like lost everything. <laughs> it's funny how like quickly you can just then go and lose yourself, and like, and all it takes is a couple of good shots, and you're like, yeah, I've got it. Like, yeah. I know how to fix it. Yeah. You go back out, and it's a shocking game, but. By the end of the tour, I started to come right, got a little bit better. But yeah, this we like none of I don't think many of us played to our handicaps while we we're away. Geordie was probably the closest he's a gun. Is Geordie the best, yeah. is he? Yeah, he plays off a scratch. True. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. See, so yeah, he's a gun. He's like he plays really good, really well. So um but yeah, some of the courses we played were pretty tough. So it was um it was a tough guard to try and now you hit to your handicap. But a better than New Zealand Open anyway. 
Jimmy Ma, like that was atrocious. The pressure really got me there. <laughs> was that the most nerve-wracking uh, situation you've been in? Obviously, you're pretty clutch when it comes oh, to goal kicks and stuff. So what's it like teeing off at the first at a New Zealand oh, Open? It doesn't compare, like not even close. Because, like, you know, like with rugby, you obviously know you're capable of doing it. You know, you've done it before. But goal's like another, and particularly when you're playing with a pro, mm. Yeah, it was a dis- <laughs> it was a disgrace. My golf game. I nearly gave my clubs to Albie to hit, and I'll carry the bag. It was yeah. The worst thing I was was on the, the first tee. We remember the first time we teed off. We would Shane Warne and um, Ryan Fox were in the group behind us. Oh yeah. As soon as we were about to tee off, they started walking down. They had their wee posse for them. I was like, oh no. <laughs> So this isn't going to be good. Uh, no, nah, it's the, and it's funny because people are like, oh, you know, you you used to playing in front of big crowds. It's like, nah, it's not even, no. it's not even, not even close, not even comparable. Hey, that's classic. And you talked about Geordie's uh, golf game. Also, he was playing pretty well on the field as well. So made it pretty hard for you to get much game time, especially in your fifteen jersey. But how was the tour for you personally? Every chance you got, you played well. But um, like I said, around Geordie, he was pretty hard to get out of that fifteen jersey. Yeah, he, he had an um, awesome Euro, like he clutch in a few games where he kicked us to win the game. Um, he's just so reliable. And obviously, over when you get in the Northern Hemisphere, they play a lot of their kicking game and a lot of aerial stuff, which he's a gun at. So, um, yeah, he was playing great and um, got a couple of opportunities, which were which went not too bad. He was yeah. the one against Italy, probably wasn't as great as I would have wanted it to be. It was one of those missions, but yeah, full times I sort of got a crack I tried to you know riff him make the most of it so a couple of times ended up on the wing which was interesting yeah um but yeah like I'm just happy to get on wherever but uh it was yeah it was a good good tour it was you know enjoyable but it was uh by the time it sort of ticked away at the end it was nice to sort of get get away from it and finish up Mate, there's just so much competition in that squad at the moment, eh? especially around the 10s and 15s and outside backs. It's just so hotly contested. Oh, mate, it's, um, it is. like, And particularly, it's just still guys just coming through the whole time. And, yeah. um, oh, and it's good, you know, like it creates good competition throughout the team. But it's like you're never, you know, resting on your capabilities of what you can do. You know, you always got to, you know, play well and I guess, you know, it starts what you're training to, like if you train like a Muppet, you know, it's not going to help your case either. So you've got to be pretty switched on throughout the week. Mm. And then once the game comes around, you've got to make sure you're performing as well. So, um, oh yeah, it's plenty of competition. It's good though. It's good, um, good competitive rivalry. Eh? Do you prefer 10 or 15? Obviously you get asked this a wee bit, but it's probably changed a um, few times throughout the years. Yeah. Like I sort of mixed the match a little bit and um, 15, you know, I enjoyed, freedom of just doing your own thing which is fun but I do really enjoy 10 as well like because you obviously a bit more control and a bit more in the driver's seat there than what you would be at 15 you sort of get more of a touches on the ball so I'd say like moving forward like 10 is probably a position I want to try and focus on and uh, I think it's a position I'll be playing over here in Japan which would be which would be good fun and um, 10s there's plenty of good 10s around as well Um, two blokes (laughs) Bowden Ritter um, top at the moment, you know, they're pretty, pretty good to learn off, but tough to pass at the moment. Yeah, mate, so much competition. But um, you talked about everyone look forward to getting back to um, New Zealand for a break, and um, you've obviously launched the Grins, one of the greatest drinks of all time by the sounds of it. Um, you've, you've timed that launch <laughs> is, really mate. well. Give us a little bit of insight into how this side hustle started. 
Yeah, so the way side hustle, the, the uh, Grins drink, um, probably started like the start of this year. Yeah. And it's, come, it's actually come along quite quickly, the whole process. And we got um, actually Anton, myself, Beaver, working tyrants and sleep back home. Like he is just foot to the floor. Like when he's got an idea or like something he wants to do, he is just, he works himself into the ground. So he's doing a lot of work back home. And like even got off the phone to him before and he's in. And it, um, packing up uh, pellets, getting them sent away, and um, so yeah, it's, it, yeah, it started. We sort of we were just, you know, we Beaver and I did a couple of things in the past where we'd invested some money, and then we got chatting about like uh, how cool would it be to like sort of have our own drink. And, like we obviously love the summertime, love getting out and having a good time with our mates. So we're like, it'd be quite cool to you know try bring out a drink of our own. Uh, got talking to a few people, and then. Yeah, it sort of just started to, to grow as a brand. And then we got um, a couple of boys to join. So Albie was keen to jump on board. And yeah. obviously, he's Mr. He's Mr. Summer. Loves the summer, <laughs> Albie. Like, he's a very social bloke. Yeah. So he's a great guy to, you know, have um, in the crew. He'll be um, getting the, the Grinch drink out there plenty over the summer. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, and then got our flavors sorted, uh, got the name. And then obviously, been fortunate enough with uh, a lot of very supportive sort of. Um, you know, bottle stores around the country have jumped at us to, to jump on board and sort of stock our product, which has been great. So it's in stores this weekend, everywhere pretty much in New Zealand. So wow, hopefully really? flies off the shelves. Mate, no doubt. Yeah, which has been fun. So, and it was actually, it was a bit like, obviously, you know, you have these things that you put in the pipeline and it's like, oh, a lot of them just get brushed aside. But it yeah. was cool to actually see, like, it actually come out and, like boys sent us videos of them at the um, at the factory of the drink, get it made up and get it put in the boxes and send us like picture of the pallets of all the the grins being boxed up and yeah, it was pretty cool. So that's how it sort of come come about. It was you know hopefully it just just something outside of rugby and a different thing we sort of can you know put out focus to when we're not we're not in the footy field. Hopefully, hopefully it goes alright. How'd you come up with the taste of it? Was that your doing? Um, yeah, like we went in one day to the factory and like you just do some taste tests and it's funny how they do it like because obviously you think it's quite a big process but it's literally they put it in like a soda stream bottle carbonate it put a few drop a few flavors in it so we'd sort of go in there but oh what about this what about that mm. and sort of just whip it up in a couple of minutes and then you'd have a taste and yay or nay and then yeah so lemon and limes it was kind of like a we wanted to do like a kind of a citrusy one so that one was a real hit when we took it around and sort of got a few people to taste it and so lemon and lime and then the uh, mango pineapple was uh, pineapple was obviously a flavour or fruit like that was coming more pop- popular and coming back in like over hoping to come in over the summer so chuck that in with the mango and yeah come up with that flavour and that was pretty delicious as well so um, so far so good had a few um, good, good feedback about the flavours so mate you're an absolute wizard look at you go <laughs> hopefully mate. Hopefully everyone just hooks in and enjoys the grins. Oh, no doubt. A few Tassie boys tried it after yeah. the weekend and they all gave great feedback for it as well. So Yeah, we've been lucky. The boys, everyone's been pretty pretty good with the feedback. I think if it's shit, just let us know and we'll, we'll try and make some adjustments. But I hope, hopefully it's not. No, it must be good stuff. Mate. Anyway, I'm pretty keen to hear about the early days of the young big Jim. Um, obviously good mates with your brother Marty, so I know a little bit about your upbringing. But growing up in Gore, um, give us the rundown of your of your life back then. Uh, yeah, grew up uh, in Gore. Just we obviously always we grew up on dairy farms, so 
parents of dairy farmers grew up in this place just below Edendale called Seaward Downs. It's about 30 minutes out of Chicago and then moved up to Gore. Went to school there, started like a primary school, about 30 people. So it was pretty, um, pretty small. Um, we went to St. Peter's College for a couple of years ago. Uh, always played rugby since I was a young fella. And, um, you know, I remember obviously Marty played a lot of rugby and my dad played rugby. So we watched a lot of him. Mum played hockey. So we were constantly, once we'd finish our rugby, we'd head along and watch them do their thing. And, but yeah, I remember as a young fella, like playing down home was just, we, we play like in the early morning, so like eight, nine o'clock, and it was you get you like hard frost down there, like where it's just, it's just, and it's freezing. But as a young fella, you know, like you just don't really feel the cold, you know, like we were playing like concrete, like it was, we were, it was literally like concrete, like it was still hard, you know, you'd finish up, get your pie, get your fizzy, head home, just sit in the shower for a while, and then just get back out and do your thing, but yeah, so. That was my sort of upbringing down home, and then um, then moved to college after that, and, and Christchurch. Is it true you went up there for a tennis scholarship? Is that how you got there? Yeah, it was like a it was like a sports scholarship, and yeah, they kind of like pinpointed more on tennis than than the, than the rugby aspect. Were you so, a tennis um, wizard? Were you? Oh, I I played a lot of tennis when I was a young fella, probably eight, oh, yeah, right. somewhere around then. Yeah. Just started playing tennis. I. Well, we were always encouraged to try and play as many sports as possible, like a summer and a winter sport. So it gave tennis a crack, and that was that was good fun. It was a lot of travelling around and playing a lot of tennis. So, yeah, went out there on a tennis scholarship. But to be fair, the, the scholarship only – I had the scholarship the whole time I was there, but tennis only lasted – I didn't even know if it lasted a year, to be honest. <laughs> well, apparently you, you <laughs> stopped playing enough, tennis and started playing for the C cricket team with your mates. They were filthy. Yeah, I did. I did because we uh, – well, the tennis, they were like – because I started playing up there and they're like, oh, you know, you're going to have to play over the winter. And uh, I was like, oh, well, you know, I'm playing rugby. Like, I can't, like, you know. And they're like, oh, we'd see them. Got to be one or the other. I was like, oh, sorry. The tennis got binned. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I was only playing that for, what, have been a year up there. And then, yeah, went and played. I was like, oh, I don't know what else I'm going to do. I was like, oh, I remember Marty had um, a few cricket pairs in the bat around line rounds. I was like, okay, I'll take those. So when I played cricket in the, Social C team, but it wasn't really social. We were still out there for like six hours of the day and didn't all much. I was to a red, so you just batted and ran from field, from boundary rope to boundary rope. And, and yeah, and then once I was old enough, like you, you could start playing golf. So, like, so I just started playing golf, go to the driving range once a week and had a couple of balls around. So, yeah, it's pretty crazy. So, that was probably when I went up there, what ended up being my main focus was just jump into the rugby and give that a crack. And I think everyone probably knows how good you were at schoolboy level um, playing rugby. Um, uh, you were absolutely tearing up the um, New Zealand scene from a young age. So um, talk to me a little bit about your college days playing footy. Yeah, yeah. So um, to be fair, like, when we moved up there, we didn't like it was more just different opportunity or like up in Christchurch. And so rugby wasn't like we didn't really go there for rugby. And the rugby at college wasn't like a real strength of theirs, but we were just kind of small. We what? Palangi boys, they like we were tiny. Um, so yeah, I remember tidding up there and you had like your grading games and that. It's funny, so I remember my first grading game, um, and it was the same weekend as duck shooting weekend down home. Yeah. And like being from down obviously south and like the weekend stops for, for duck shooting. So I said to my coach, I was like, Oh, do you mind if I head down home this weekend for duck shooting? So he's like, oh, well, if you go down duck shooting, mate, he says, Don't expect to come back and play for this team. 
I was like, okay, so played out, played our um, grading games, and yeah, I remember we just like I said, we were just a bunch of small little white battlers, and always punched really well above our weight, but mm. yeah, it was tough going until I guess you used to play a lot of those teams. We had a lot of the big island boys, and who had obviously matured a lot earlier <laughs> earlier than us. So it wasn't until probably under sixteens or that we started to actually um, front up a little bit better. Um, so yeah, played. I may played first fifteen and fifth form, the fifth, seventh form. We were always like on the edge of the semi-finals. I never played in the semi-final, but we were close most of the time. Hosted good after matches. Used to go to some of these places. Yeah, that was it. So, we'd, but no, it was fun. Man. Like the school rugby is just is good fun. Eh? Like mm. you sort of play Madaro and with with the lads and then play around and just. Yeah, it was all pretty casual. Like we only train twice a week, sort of thing. Yeah. Nowadays, you see a lot of those big, big schools are training. Like training is mad how often they train. So, it was pretty casual for us, and um, yeah, it was good fun playing at playing at college. And and you're not lying when you say that you're a bunch of white battlers, eh? Because one of my favourite um, clips on YouTube is you leading the hacker for the Christ boys. Mate, oh, yeah. Your pukana to word ratio right up there too. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, it's um. Get a lot of compliments for that. The moment that hucker, it's pretty daunting. Um, no, I mean, like, if you're for us, it was the captain lead the hucker, and like, oh, yeah. so yeah, in Christchurch, obviously, every game you do a hucker, mm. and like, you walk, you, you obviously stand your line and you walk up and you put your cap down, and it's, it's pretty serious. You sort of just slowly strut back and then <laughs> <laughs> and then jump in and riff into a hucker and. Yeah, I tell you what, the stance has definitely got better. I remember pretty much straight legging when I was doing it. I mean, but yeah, if you want to look at it, look at it on YouTube. It's still there, I think. Yeah, it mate, I, I watched it last night. Oh, it was good stuff. One of the greats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I said, like I was probably the one of the most, yeah, like we're all just white battlers, so yeah. there weren't many too intimidating guys to lead it. So, mate, you did a, you did a bloody short good story on it. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and one thing throughout your career, um, you've obviously been one of the smaller guys. How often were you told coming through the grades at school level and even below like that you were going to be too small to make it? Yeah, you got told a little bit, like, you know, like your size is going to be a disadvantage of when you get older. Like, you, you know, like when you play against the big guys, you just, you'll get thrown around. And yeah, like, so I was always told that, but. Uh, I was, yeah, it was probably more just motivation, like, you know, like just to prove people wrong. And I remember like growing up, like the old man used to always, you know, drill into us. Like it's, you know, like size is only, you know, size doesn't matter. Like he'd always say, like if you tackle someone, you, go, you know, the bigger they are, the harder they fall, like, yeah. tackle around the boot laces. So having a blow, we'd always be out in the backyard just running at each other, rugby, doing that stuff. So. I mean, yeah, I guess when I first sort of like got into like the professional era, it was kind of like, you know, you need to put on more weight, you need to do this, you need to do that. And like to a point where like I was just eating for the sake of eating. And mm. like these days, I'd like I'd have a protein shake after the gym where it had like that, so many calories in it that I couldn't even eat lunch. And <laughs> um, yeah, so like I've got to like honestly, since I've left school, I've probably put on like eight kilos, like and yeah. within like how, how many years, <laughs> seven, eight years, which is bugger all, yeah. like for a lot of. But, you know, put some people put that on in a couple of years. Yeah. Um. So yeah, just got to find a way to try try not to get too beat up. So yeah, it's funny because I can eat like I can eat a lot when I need to, 
but yeah, it just it just falls off me. Hey? And mm. that's I'm a bit worried about these bento boxes in the next uh, two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I could come out the racing sardine. Did you ever feel internally like it was gonna potentially be a barrier, or did you never even think that would be an issue? Uh no, no, I never, never really thought it was going to be an issue. Like, I, I saw it as more of like a really fun challenge. Like, you know, like being smaller. You know, people can pinpoint you for just being like, "No, nah, he's too small. Run at that guy. Yeah, um, target that guy." Which still happens. Like, I'm, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'd run at me too if I was playing against us. Like, how small we are. Um, so yeah, my early days, the tackle stats weren't too flash. So, but soon, soon got to learn that. Um, you know, it's just is what it is, and it's a, it's a fun challenge to sort of try and tackle guys who are bigger than you, or I don't have the size, but you know, I guess that, that you know the other thing is just trying to have the speed and agility to to get around those bigger blokes. That's what I've sort of got to try and do otherwise. Yeah, hundred percent, mate. Such, you're such a good example for kids because I know so many kids out there get told that they're too small to ever make it professionally, but. I mean, you're like the perfect example of if you've got speed and agility or I suppose you've got to be pretty tough as well. You're a pretty tough bugger. So um, you get you got those attributes and um, you can definitely still make it and dominate at that highest level as well. Oh, exactly. Yeah, it's, um, you know, like, I guess it's never, you know, you're never too small to be able to, you can do anything, any size, any shape, you know. So, um, oh, it's, it's cool, you know, if I can be able to motivate a few more smaller kids to play rugby and have a crack at it and you know that's puts a smile on my face so um yeah anyone can make it um, for sure love that post-college you um went through the ranks pretty quick eh? you you made new zealand 20s i remember playing you for the um, hurricanes development side oh yeah uh, you were tiny back then and uh that was the first time i saw how sort of tough you were because you were running to some pretty big size adults then um, who were playing professional rugby and um, you took a few big hits but mate you just bounced up and had the next hard carry and it was I remember thinking coming off that game like this week it's tough <laughs> yeah it was um, everything did come quite quick and uh, which was yeah I was very lucky I made the 20s my first year out of school so I obviously moved out to Waikato and yeah played played in the, made the 20s side that played in New Zealand and you remember playing you, Jimmy Ma, and that Wellington game, and we when we got to Iran's and and New Plymouth, it was uh, every time you go on there, you just got thrashed, and <laughs> you know it was, it was quite daunting. I remember the twenties camp was some of the stuff you had to do was just outrageous. Like you'd go there, and it was you know scary enough, but then like from a small school, not really knowing that much, you sort of jumping in, you running around with all these guys who've been playing up the big comps up north, and then we had these like this thing called the longest day, where it was literally like. Oh, well, I wasn't. A, I wasn't a whole day, but like literally, we started in the afternoon, and you just got thrashed the whole day, like running um, circuits. We had to run pretty much an essay on why we wanted to be picked in the team. Yeah. Uh, get up in the morning, like literally, we ran around this whole field for like three or four hours, carrying jerry cans just around the field until they told us to stop. Like, just trying to mentally break us, pretty much. So, yeah, um, yeah we had to do all that stuff, and then. Yeah, we played in, played in New Zealand that year, and uh, I think we made the semis. Semis, and we lost to um, Africa that year. They had, they had a decent side. Mm. Um, I think England ended up winning it actually. But yeah, that was that was the start, and then so it was the first real taste of that international sort of rugby. And it doesn't didn't disappoint. It was um, it was physical, especially going from school rugby, and you go straight into that. It's just another level. Yeah. It was cool, like you know, you learn from those experiences, which is which has been great. 
And then how did you get up to Waikato? Um, always, like, growing up, I always thought I'd just go back home, just back to Southland, because I was like, you know, that's where I was growing up. And then funnily enough, I was actually, when I was in Christchurch, I supported the Crusaders, like, love watching the Crusaders. But, and then, yeah, I, um, I think uh, Wayne Smith was up at the Chiefs, and he'd got guys like Anton, Bennett Brown, and, and James Tucker, guys who I'd played rugby with in Christchurch up. And he sort of talked and was keen to sort of have me aligned with the Chiefs. Um, not contracted, but sort of like as an interim, we go on and train with them and that. And so, yeah, went up and had a look up there. And initially it was Bayer Plenty who offered me a contract. Went up and had a look there. And I guess being new, like moving away from Christchurch, I was kind of keen to, if I could be based in one place, so if I went and had to train in Hamilton with the Chiefs, like if I could try and sign with Waikato. So I tried to reach out to Waikato to see if, there's an opportunity to, to play there and then eventually they yeah they offered me a contract and um yeah moved straight up after school so it was bizarre like I just never thought I'd be up there playing rugby to be honest be up in Hamilton mm. um it was kind of like obviously when I was in school in Canterbury like they offered me to stay around sort of as a, a PUD contract and yes you know Can- Canterbury have got such a great track record and record of producing like great players and um like back then, though, there was a real backlog of good teams. Like they had around there was like Colin Slade, Tyler Blindale, DC was still there, Tom Taylor, Richie Moanga was still, he just finished as well. So, like, there was plenty of boys there. So, thought, yeah, why not? So, moved up, um, moved to Hamilton, and he'd been there since. I think it's been there about eight years now. So, did you feel ready going into that environment? Yeah, I did. I did. I like, obviously, there were some frail, definitely some areas of my game where I was like you know like I come like school rugby that's not even comparable to the stuff we were playing it's been going to minor 10 and so I thought you know there was parts of it where I was like yeah a little bit thinking maybe I was underdone but I sort of always had the attitude of just you know just whatever is chucked in me or whatever there is like just try and give it a go mm-hmm. sort of thing so you know I knew it was going to be challenging and, and tough we had quite a young team so yeah. it wasn't just me being there amongst all these old heads you know there was plenty of us young boys in that Waikato team. So it was quite, it was fun. Like I said, we we're a team that could have beaten a lot of teams, but we we're a team that, you know, with not a lot of experience, you know, we could easily lost anyone as well. So it was, it was definitely a big learning that first year. I still get reminded now of my t- how poor my tackle stats were. Someone was trying to tell me they reckon I was last and Marty was second last. Apparently the McKenzie brothers were um, last and second last, which ain't flash. So, Mate, yeah. you must have been doing yeah. well to be worse than him. <laughs> oh, I know, Sonny, eh? The old, le- old, the old leaky, le- the old leaky bucket. <laughs> nah, I'm no better, to be honest. No, nah, but you, um, you did have summarise that time at Waikato pretty well, how you could beat most teams or lose to most teams on any day. But yeah. one game I remember you guys getting right up for us, that Ranfurly Shield game. Talk to me about that one. Yeah, so that was... Yeah, that, that year was um like I said, like we had a we had a pretty up and down season. I wasn't wasn't that flash at all, to be honest. And um yeah, we we caught Hawks Bay on there that week where that you know, they play three games in the week. Yeah. We were going into our last game and like like any of the boys, like whenever you're playing your last game and you know there's like a bit of a big leer up afterwards, like you know, you seem just to get up for it and but like, all right, go down there, just chuck the chuck the ball around, see what happens and yeah, it was it was buzzy, eh? Like we Weeby scored a hat trick. One of the other young fellows, Jordan Train, it was his first game. I mean, it was his debut game. I remember asking him, like, oh, they have like, you know, debut game. Like, um, you know, have you ever played this late in the day? He goes, no, I've never played at night time. Oh, gee, I was like, <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> like his first, and honestly, he just carved up. Like yeah. it was unbelievable. Yeah, we be scored a hat trick, and we were up by like, like we're in a position where it's like, no, you can't lose. And honestly, like next thing you know, Hawks face start coming back, and I'm like, oh, I was like, surely we don't lose this. Yeah, it was mental. Eh? Like it was, it was, it was good fun. Like just how, like how our season was pretty average, and then all of a sudden, like by winning the round for this year, just completely turned it around. It was wicked. And we had some good we had, we had some good uh, times after it too. It was fun. <laughs> I bet. And one story that I've heard about is your famous um golf cart incident through New World. <laughs> give, <laughs> give me a rundown on that one. Surely that's one of the greats. Yeah. No, so we were um so yes, yeah, so we got back to Hamilton and uh being young, dumb and naive, we sort of just round at B's place and he had a golf cart in his garage. Yeah. And yeah, obviously keys were in it, so and I think it was like 2014. I think if we were doing it now, we'd just I'd be mad. But we'd get out and like I was in um, Brent R. Now's cricket whites that Beeb gave me. I was um, had an Arbus helmet on, um, and uh, we jumped in the car anyway. There's like we being myself, a couple of others, and we're driving along. And one of the boys got a shield on the back, driving on the road, and then we went to, we went up to the New World and uh, Road of Tuna. And obviously, there's two doors that enter the door. So, like, you come in one and there's the exit out the other. Yeah. And oh, I had no idea what we were thinking. But we, I drove it, pulled up, drove through one entrance, and then drove out the other entrance <laughs> on the golf cart. Just right, boys away from, boys away from the shield round. What have been? Well, you would look like a sideshow. Like, I'm sitting in there in my cricket whites and this big Arborist helmet on. But, yeah. But it was, um, yeah, so you said the next day, B had the keys. Um, <laughs> Which is fair enough, but uh, it was those, those are the days. It was kind of, we were getting a lot of a lot of people were sitting there like toting and yelling, going like congrats, you know, like yeah. oh yeah, good stuff. And then here you go, and some people were like get off the road, you idiot. <laughs> sorry, sorry, mate. But yeah, we we had, we had some good times. Yeah, some of the memories we had with that shield, which I'm sure they've got plenty. Um, it was fun. Oh mate, it's <laughs> absolute classic. <laughs> And then you made your move into the Chiefs pretty much straight away after that, didn't you, after your first year at Waikato, was it? Yeah, so um, 2015, yeah, got was, got a contract with the Chiefs. So, uh, yeah, moved in straight after that. And, uh, yeah, it was, um, was lucky. It happened all quite quickly as well. And got to play in games, a few games quite early when, when Cruds was um, coming back from All Blacks duties. And, yeah, it, it, it went not too bad. And sort of, it was... Uh, I was fortunate enough to get quite a few opportunities that year, more so just off the bench and only a couple of minutes here and there. But, but yeah, it was it was good fun. Some so we had, we had a, looking back on the team we had now, like it was we had some 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 serious athletes in that team and, and our coaches we had too were, were yeah. world class as well. Looking looking back on it, yeah, mate, you're so humble. You absolutely yeah. carved up your debut. I remember it. You were you were running a muck for a debut. Oh, I remember this, my day was the Blues game up in Auckland, and mm. to be fair, how I had a few decent fellas out, outside me. I had Sonny outside me, ended up, I was, yeah, ended up kicking a few goals. So, yeah, it, it could have been worse, but uh, yeah, it was nice to be able to start off on a good note. I remember um, Swanee was in the team that year, too, and I actually think he got robbed. He didn't start. Like, I remember <laughs> playing the preseason games, and like Swanee was obviously he played a bit more than me. and he had a good preseason, better than what I did. Yeah. Anyway, and then, then they picked me to start in the first game. I'm like, oh, that's funny. Yeah. I was like, sorry, mate. You deserve. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. But I was like, sorry, mate. You deserve to be starting more than me. Obviously, got lucky there. But 
no, it, it did start not to be bad. And then once Crud's come back, sort of, like I said, like just sat on the bench for a while. And then later in the season, ended up getting a couple of games at 15. So, were you living with Marty while you're up there? Yeah, we lived uh, with Mitch Croswell. Oh, yeah. With Crosby. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just the three of us. So, yeah, we lived, we all flatted together and just in a flat in Hamilton. And yeah, it was good fun. It was good fun. He sort of Marty sort of been around the traps a bit. He was back and forth up in Hamilton for a while, then went down the south and then. Then come back up here, up to Hamilton. Mm. One story that I that's come up a few times in the podcast is um, your famous prank on Whopper and Tojo about oh, the mongrel yeah. mob leaving that note. Yeah, <laughs> talk to yeah. me how this one happened from your side of the story. Yes, obviously your brother Toe and Wop lived together and Beth, um, and uh, we were, we I think it was a night after we'd we'd massage at the Chiefs headquarters and come outside and. I've got all this rubbish in my back seat of my truck. Well, no, it's like a toey and um, Whopper just had been had a massage. I was like, oh, yeah, they're key suspects. So anyway, we're like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? So, and we almost remember what used to come in and be like, oh, this is this, um, guys around the corner who are in the mongrel mob and they just sit out in, in their garage and, you know, I try and wave at them when I, when I can and <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And I was like, all right, we should go around there and just um, write a note and leave it on their door and just say like, you know, Stop waving us. So pretty much the note was like, "Tell your fat curly headed friend to stop <laughs> waving at us when he drives past." He goes, "Otherwise, you guys will have you guys will pay for it." Anyway, we walk. We come into training the next day, and I've never seen Tojo so quiet. Eh? Like yeah. he's just like walking around. He's walking around, and we said, "What?" We're like, Bro, "What? What? What's wrong with Tojo?" He goes, "He goes, man. He goes, you wouldn't believe it." He goes, "Got this note on our door from the from the mongrel mob around the corner," and he goes. Toby's shitting himself because Beth's been ringing, it, ringing him up non-stop. I'm going, we've got to move. We've got to move. And Big Woffer, like, he's like, oh, you know, like, he goes, if that was me back home, he goes, if I didn't wave, I'd be pissed off. He goes, I'm waving to them every day and they just never wave back to me. And so, and eventually, honestly, we had to tell him because I've never I've never seen Toby like it. Like, Tojo's the one who usually, you know, gets, puts the pranks on everyone. You know, we, we told him pretty quickly, like, oh, sorry, boys, that was, that was us. More, more probably is for the fact that poor old Beth back at home was probably just, looking just at houses. sitting at the, look, looking at houses so where she can move to, so... Yeah, yeah. We always, you know, try to get get back at each other. Oh, mate, that's one of the great shit. I love that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one was when you guys were going around to a um, partner's do. And, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You escaped yeah, pretty busy. early. Give me the rundown on this one. Surely that uh, one's not true. I know you handle your dad. No, nah, it's not. It's not. It's not. It is kind of, but it's not. Um, yeah, we the partners, yeah, partners. So I went with Marty and and um, Whopper, like, oh, come around early, like, come around for a few drinks early, and we're like, oh, yes, yeah, sweet as, and I kind of was like, probably not a great thing. I mean, anyway, we dressed up as these tennis players, rolled in. So he's like, oh, we'll start playing some darts, eh? So like, yeah, sweet. So we we're playing darts, and like, highest number, last number, who had the last number has to drink. Yeah. So that was, yeah, that was punishing. And then we played like obviously the bullshit game with the cards where you know you're like if you've got the card you go yeah two drinks and you're like oh, bullshit but I was so worried because Tojo can drink like a fish that like I knew like two beers for him was nothing so I'd be like oh, I'll just snack my beer and I don't, I'm not gonna I'm not even gonna call it on you anyway you got pretty rolled and I've ended up I remember leaving like I've walked out of the back room like jumped over the fence and taken off and to this day they reckon I did the shithouse shuffle because like nah the bathroom door was locked we couldn't get in you must have jumped out the window so 
But no, nah, I didn't. But yeah, and then I learned after that. I was like, you, like there's one guy you, you do not want to keep up with or try to drink with, and that's that's Tojo. He's a menace. Yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah, that, eh? yeah. Oh, yeah. so good. And your form on the field, obviously, um, especially the last couple of years, has been on absolute fire. You've um, won that many games for them over the last few years. You come up clutch, maybe five or so games in a row last year. It was. It was an incredible streak. So, mate, talk to me a little bit about your time on the field playing for the Chiefs. Yeah, Chiefs, we've had some epic seasons. Like I said, like that first time when I started out, like some of the blokes we had in our team were gun, you know, like we had some good seasons. We kind of always sort of made sort of semis, quarters. Never, We never got, never got to a final. Um, as I was saying, this year was the first final I've ever actually played in, like True. in my life. First final I've ever played in. So, um, yeah, it's an epic club to play for like the fans are, like obviously rowdy like really good not 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 a lot of people love coming up to Hamilton and playing really like but yeah like these first couple of years were a good good learning curve so it was good like playing when you first start because like sort of people don't know you that much so you sort of get away with a bit more but like as soon as a few more years I've played like the opportunities are so, so few you know like there's not as many the holes aren't as big like mm. people are trying to shut you down so probably took a while for me to learn about that just thinking it was always just going to happen and you know like you'd have years or like games where just stuff would happen easily and then the next game you know you'd battle and you'd wonder why so learned like for a while like my, my maturity of a like my game management sometimes i'd be running it from everywhere yeah and like you know whereas i should be kicking it so uh, i feel like definitely ground in that area but probably the, you know, the toughest year we had was so that 2019 year, and that's the year I got, uh, yeah, it was, and that's the year I got injured too. So um, that was a tough year. feel sorry for, like, the, the lads. Like, you know, you, for, for how hard you try, like, just nothing was happening. Like, mm. and until you go through that, like, as a team, you don't realise, like, you looked at, like, like teams, for example, say, like, the Blues in the past, like, had those sort of years. And until you're actually in the position, it's, like, it's not as easy as you think, you know, like, yeah. it doesn't matter what was tried or what happened, it was like, we were always, like, you know, on the on the losing side of things, like, whereas this year, or like, um, yeah, this year, like, the bounce of the ball was just, would, you know, would go away a bit more, which was, which was effort, like, it was just, like, winning that game, our first game, we beat the Canes, <laughs> like, just that feeling of winning, and like, once you start winning, you just get like, you know, there's such more though. positive, mm-hmm. it's like, it's contagious, like, just a positive energy around the club and then all of a sudden like you know like I said like ball that wouldn't bounce away in the past was starting to bounce our way and in those last and it just makes going over yeah that that helps like <laughs> it it's just it makes them it makes it so much more enjoyable you know like and lads are just having heaps of fun and and that's that today like going at the trainings each week like everyone's just up fizzing mm. so yeah had, had some pretty good runs this year and some pretty pretty cool moments like it's it's cool to be able to you know, nail kicks for your team and, and stuff like that. It's a pretty cool feeling being able to do that. And, um, you know, seeing what the, what we've gone through in the past to where we are now, which is great. And yeah, it's it's, a, it's an epic club to be a part of. It's mm. you know, it's, it's it's a club I always hold dear to my heart and always want to play for. So, what is your mindset lining up these uh, match winning kicks? Um, it's kind of like yeah, I guess just like a you know, you don't give a fuck sort of attitude. You know, like you just. That's how I sort of try and visualise it. Because yeah. um, there's so many times you can sit over a kick and you just overthink it, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, in, oh, it's so easy. Like, you just – it's just a kick, you know. It's a straight kick. Just kick it. Yeah. So, 
kind of attitude I try and have is just try not to overthink it. And those, like, as a kicker, like, you know, it's cliche, but, like, those, you know, moments you sort of live for, you know, like, if you can it's sort of hero or zero, you know, you either make them or you don't. But, um, yeah, just try and not really care too much about it. It goes over, it goes over. And, yeah, just lucky enough, just a few of them went, went down the middle, which was which was cool. Yeah, mate, it's easier said than done, yeah. eh? Just, just kick it. <laughs> oh, mate, it's like you sit over, like, you sit on a kick. It's a bit like when you go to the driving range when you, you're playing golf like in the driving range like you hit it mint and as soon as you get out and play play around you, you're terrible you know so um yeah you just got to get up there and just give it give it a snot how good and also your all blacks career obviously you went through the went through to the all blacks pretty quickly as well so that was pretty rapid rise as well i think it was the following year from your chiefs debut but um talk to me about the first time you went into that environment and what that was like for you yeah, 2016. It was um, my first time I made it. Was the it was the June series actually. We were playing Wales, and um, remember well, I got the call when we we just finished playing the Waratahs in Sydney. Got the call to say I'd made it, and I was you know fizzed up. And anyway, went went to camp, had our three weeks, and um, we'd won the series after two games. And then the last game, anyway, we I hadn't played at all. And then the last game, our name in the team on the Tuesday. Anyway, I'm like listening to the team and all these names are getting read out who haven't played and pretty much pretty much everyone who hadn't played was getting named. I was like, oh, here we go. Here we go, boys. I'm going to get named here at the 22, 23. Get to 23. No, not my name. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, it's, uh, so everyone got picked to play that series apart from me. And like, obviously, they might, you know, it was probably more a learning experience for me to go on and play and or just see what it was like in the environment. Anyway, then I like sort of chatted to the coaches, and they said, "Oh, like we just thought you could have been a lot better with how you prepared throughout the, the week." And obviously, in the All Blacks, you sort of have they have like a prepare to play mindset. Um, you have your week plan, so you plan out each each training of what you're going to do. And whereas, so once I didn't get named, I was like, "Well, well I'm not playing. I was just going to help the other boys." Like, yeah. So if someone needed high balls, I just go kick them balls. If someone needed tackle practice i just go hold the tackle peg because obviously in the past that's just what i what i knew like yeah. if i'm not playing why would i just be do my stuff i'm better off helping someone to prepare as player so i soon learned that you got to be a bit selfish on um preparing yourself um so that was a bit of a change up so yeah but that was the first time i made it and um and then that later on that year I, I didn't make the championship squad but got called in and played debuted in um argentina yeah, against, against the Argentinian team. So that yeah, was fun. Had the parents come up and watch and, and some family friends and a good mate and came on with like 20 to go. And usually the boys are on fire and attack and I think we're on D the whole time. We're trying. <laughs> uh, pretty much just on D the whole time. Squiddy got, in, Squiddy got yellow carded, so that didn't help. Um, but yeah, the debut game was a bit of a blur. I don't remember too much of it, to be honest, mm. apart from just the trial in them, to be fair. And we, did you feel comfortable at that level? You spoke that you did feel comfortable playing for Waikato and the Chiefs. So, what was it like at the All Black level? Was that a next level up, or did you did you feel comfortable there? No, it was definitely a next level up. Like it took me a bit to sort of definitely took me a while to not so much gain confidence, but sort of just get used to the whole flow of like international rugby. Like yeah. how how much quicker it was, the physicality of the whole whole game and. So yeah, it definitely took me a while. Like I guess it's like anything, like just time in the saddle, just 
gives you a bit more confidence, you know. And um, but yeah, I remember first two two sort of games it was Argentina and Italy. I was like a couple of times. I just remember just running around like a headless chuck, like just not lost, but like kind of like that mindset. Whereas I guess because I'm so used to playing at Super and Mida, where you might have been able to get away with it, like yeah. gets international rugby and just <laughs> you're running backwards, you're running sideways. It's like blokes want you to run forward. So <laughs> soon learned, soon soon got to learn to do that a bit better. So yeah, it, it definitely took a while. Like um, it was a, it was definitely a hard one to get used to. And one moment that jumps out at me about your All Black career is your injury coming leading up to the 2019 World Cup. Uh, how yeah. hard how hard was that to deal with for you? Yeah, well, it was it was it was tough. You know, like I've touched what I've always been um, pretty fortunate with injuries and uh, never really had an issue. And I remember the whole incident. Uh, Swanee put a kick out and I was chasing it. And, um, oh, Teddy Black's on the corner. I'm catching. I'm trying to like step and get, tackle him. My knees just buckled out underneath me. So, uh, oh yeah, it was tough. Like being told and then knowing, like not being able to be back for the World Cup, which is obviously something you try and aim towards. And um, it was tough, like having to rehab and train. And like you take for granted that all that little stuff, like being able to train as a team, like um, just going into training, seeing the lads every day. And yeah, yeah I wouldn't say I'm like a person who. Um, doesn't appreciate things but when you're in moments like that like you you soon you know miss the little things that you, you take for granted each day you know so um it was definitely a good learning experience but not not on timing and not something you want to go through at all but um yeah it was tough watching from home definitely, definitely mm. tough watching from home mate did you always feel like you're going to be able to get back to the same explosiveness and same speed and all that throughout the whole rehab yeah, yeah, like I was always, always pretty confident. Like a really good crew looking after me, and you know, you do heaps of heaps of like rehab, boys, like one legged stuff and that to to get it back. And obviously, looking at guys who've done it in the past, like heaps of people who had done it, reached out to me and said, "Look, if there's anything you need or any advice, just just reach out," which was great. And yeah, I, I never had any doubt that it was going to come back, and it wasn't going to, you know, I was going to lose anything like that. Like um, I think I've, I believe I've still got the same speed I had when I left, and um. Yeah, like I said, like just training by yourself, like having to learn how to do that was that was the hardest thing trying to get back. So, mm. and it's, it's good, you know, like motivation to be like, right, you know, it's a new year and the timing of the whole situation. Like I did my ACL 2019, and then usually they say nine to twelve months. And the ninth month was pretty much a week before the first round of Super. So kind of worked out there was no need for me to rush to get back i could just take my time doing the rehab um which was which was good mm. um so yeah managed to nail that off and now it feels really good now obviously it's not, not the same that it used to be but it's it's fine and so you've got your body's feeling good you got no niggles yeah yeah no i'm in, in uh tip top shape at the moment mate you wait to the swap bike's gonna need a hide in the next <laughs> next two weeks i hate the what bike eh? it's a shocker yeah <laughs> But yeah, no, feeling good. It's nice. This two weeks are kind of. You'd rather not be doing quarantine, but it's good just just chill out and, um, you know, obviously it's been a long season. So, and usually we're in a break this time of year with the with the summer period, which yeah. I'm not this year. But um, it's yeah, I'm looking forward to obviously what's coming ahead with the Japanese season, reference that. But feeling fresh, mate. Um, hopefully go. stay that way throughout the season. Yeah, yeah, mate. And so, what are your plans? <laughs> Going forward, you obviously got your 
Japan contract now and then the goals to obviously get back into the All Blacks next World Cup is is that pretty much as far as you've thought? Yeah, I think yeah, for me it is, yeah. So I'll um obviously the the Japan thing was, you know, like a something new, do try something fresh and um hopefully rejuvenate myself by coming back into my back in New Zealand and um and then yeah, hopefully hopefully can make the all black squad in the, during the championship. Obviously gonna have to play a bit of my team cup first and whether they still want me then. So hopefully fingers crossed that's the case and then and then yeah, hopefully a World Cup in France in twenty three would be would be epic to be a part of obviously the old uh stone in the shoe not being able to play in the last one. So yeah. it'd be cool to be able to, to nail that off and, and make that squad would be great. No doubt. And give us a little bit of rundown on your plans, plans after footy going forward. What have, what have you got sorted? Just going to retire on grins and uh, make a living sipping, sipping grins on the beach? <laughs> yeah, I think so, mate. I'll, um, now, I, I guess um, hopefully it can still take away, this, take away rugby for a few few good years. But, you know, obviously post-rugby, um, haven't nailed down exactly what I'm going to do. Um, yeah, I'd be lying if I said I had something nailed yeah. right now, to be honest. Um, obviously got a lot of hobbies that I love doing, but um, in terms of the interests outside, which I can see myself running, I don't know. We're still grins. Grins could be still, if we've still got it. So if I'm running, I might be down, a man on the ground, getting through <laughs> stores. Uh, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Might we're doing golf tours. Oh, don't know. Mate, celebrity golf I, tours. I, I don't know if I'm... I, I don't know if I'll be behind a desk. And <laughs> if I'm the smartest cookie, I don't know if I'm the smartest cookie for that. Um, oh, I thought you're going to be behind the cart with your brother. No, nah, well, he's just got his uh, real estate ticket, so I might just be his um, PA. <laughs> just sit in the office and get him some get him some real estate. Yeah, brothers yeah, at I don't work. Know. Oh, brothers mate. at work. Yeah, yeah. Whatever it will be, no doubt you will absolutely kill it. But as always, we've gone to our Instagram for some questions and. Mate, very popular guest like yourself. You've come up with plenty. So many questions were about this question. Would you ever play for the Stags? We got this one maybe 10 plus times. There's a lot of Stag fans wanting you back down there playing with your brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely would. Yeah, long story short, I think it's, um, you know, it's home. Like it's where I grew up. Um, I played a lot of like age grade or um, weight grade rugby in Southland. So, uh, you know, a lot, a lot, of, a lot to that province. So it'd be somewhere I'd like to play um, down the track in the future. Um, it's you know, like I said, it's it's home where I, it's where I grew up. But then also, like where I am now in Hamilton with Waikato, it's partly home as well. Mm. Um, it's where I've been the last few years, and they've the opportunity they've given me has been outstanding, and they're a great province and proud province to be a part of. So, but yeah, I will hopefully get a maybe play a game or two down in Southland before I finish. I'm just not sure when yet. Oh, man, that's going to have the Stag fans excited. <laughs> I like that. Okay, yeah. next one. Let's got this one a few times. People obviously loved um, the prank done on you. Um, so what was going through your mind during the prank when you had your call from Whoop? Oh, mate, that was gold, eh? That was um, – I remember – sorry, I'm trying to laugh so much. Um <laughs> <laughs> I remember you ringing and going, um, oh, you were going to do the shoot, blah, blah, blah. 
And then you, the more moment I clicked is when you're like, you know, we want to be nude. And I was like, nude. I was like, that's a bit odd. <laughs> but then I was like, no, nah, I've heard of people doing like, like, you know, like it's not as if people haven't done nude stuff. But I was like, oh, it's just a bit weird. And then you're like, yeah, well, we're going to have like, you know, watermelons, um, like blueberries, you know, there's a little, I was like, nah, I was like, listen. And then I remember someone, who was it? said they'd been pranked by you like a week or two earlier and i was like geez that that vo- um voice sounds familiar and then yeah then i clicked but yeah because yeah, yeah. it's funny because because the whoop like honestly i was pumping it to everyone like i was telling people like and i wasn't even like obviously sp- sponsored or anything like they weren't giving me anything yeah which i obviously didn't expect to get anything but but I was just telling all the boys, I was like, oh, I've got this whoop. And honestly, like, you need to get on to it. It's the best thing since sliced bread, like, easiest thing ever. And so then when you rang up, I was like, oh, yeah, here we go. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was gold, mate. That was gold. Oh, but the best thing is that they did come to the party, eh? They did end up sponsoring but Yeah. You. They did, like, someone sent them in. they like, oh, that's a good laugh. It didn't last too long, though, so... Oh. I was more than I'm, I'm more than happy to pay for my um, pay for my food. Uh, so yeah, still oh. good. I, I think I've got a few people on board from it. So oh mate, yeah, that's just that's just that's just a great company. <laughs> oh mate, that was one of the great. I love that one. Crack me up. Okay, next one is a is a story from your brother about when you broke his nose with your motorbike helmet because he tried to kill a hedgehog with a rock. Give me the rundown on this one. <laughs> Yeah, I was, um, yeah, when we were, when we were real young, we were, I think we might have been coming home from school. We stopped at the cattle stop, and in the cattle stop, there was this hedgehog. And I was quite, oh, I was, he was just, well, past, he's getting his stones, he's just biffing at this poor hedgehog. And I'm like, <laughs> like, like, pretty much, he doesn't deserve that. Like, you can't be doing that to him. And then, was like grabbing him and anyway he's got me a chokehold and I've got my motorbike helmet on and I've just gone like bang like smacked his nose and yeah and that's 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 broken now so over that over that hedgehog and the thing is that hedgehog he wouldn't have been able to get out of that, out of that um cattle stop so he's he would have died not too long after the time, poor thing yeah oh man. <laughs> <Chosen. laughs> that's crazy. was there heaps of biffo between you two growing up obviously you guys are both pretty angry men yeah, there was. There was like we were, we were, we were good, but there, yeah, there were definitely were a little bit of the faux times. Like we, uh, and like the thing with Smarty is like he would always have the last say, like regardless. Like so, yeah. there'd be times I'd do something, or he'd done done something to me, so I'd get him back, and you know, like that's you'd say you're even, but then he'd need to get back at you. So there'd be times I'd like run out of the house, <laughs> and I'd be out of the house for like a good while. I was like, I ain't going back in there, yeah, because he's mad. Like some of the stuff he'd do. Yeah, we had we we definitely had some buffos. I remember once we were in Wanaka and he's he was gonna take this is our stupid story, he's he was gonna police the jet ski and take it away for the weekend. I was like, You're not taking it anywhere, like you're leaving it here. Anyway, he's um I've been at him and the next thing he's just clocked me in the face. Anyway, parents come home and they go, oh, what's happened to you? And mate's going, Oh no, I chucked a cricket board as I <laughs> so he's got a black eye. There's stuff like that where, you know. We'd always have our wee buff, but You'd just run with it. You'd run with the cricket ball story. Just run with it. And just like, it's not worth it. Just run with it. But yeah, oh, nah, we're a bit better now. We've, we've matured a bit now. So that would be all good. Love that. Okay, next one. Fastest all black over 100 metres. Uh, Rico Yuani. Is he? Easy, is it? Oh, I reckon so. Yeah, he's rapid, eh? Mm. Like, yeah, he's quick. Like, once he gets gone, 
yeah, he's, he's wrapping it. Where would you Real be on quick. the rankings? Top five? Um, I don't know where I would be. Two. No, 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 no. If I was in the top five, I'd be doing really, very well, I'd say. Yeah. All those wingers stuff, uh, Rapid, Bodie, um, yeah, they were pretty quick. My oh, my best is probably just over a short distance, yeah. start to fade, getting getting late in the 100 metres. Are you one of the quickest over 10? Oh, yeah, oh, like top five maybe. Oh, yeah. um, again, like Reeks, uh, Nagy quite, like, quite, Nagy's like Rapid, just like real like his first couple of steps, like he just gets away pretty quick. Yeah. I heard Richie's um, pretty quick over 10, is he? Yeah, and Lasher, yeah, he's real quick. He? Yeah, he's quick over 10 too, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 speedy. Some <laughs> serious wheels on that side. Okay, mate, last question. I know you got to get to Japanese, so um, best piece of advice you've received in your career? Uh, best piece of advice it would be, um, it's probably like advice, like not so much like one bit of advice, but like, always make the most of every opportunity that you're given like um felt like growing up we were given a lot of opportunities as kids and you know like when you're given those opportunities you don't want to let people down or you want to make sure you make the most of them and so um you're never looking back saying you know what if what if i did that better mm. so um you know any opportunity you get make sure you put your best foot forward um i think that's the most important thing um, and if it's an opportunity, you know, you got to make sure you enjoy it as well. Um, cause a lot of times you can do things for the sake of doing it, but, um, yeah, I think that would be my best advice. Mate, make most of your, every opportunity and have some fun, enjoy it. Mate, I love that. And you've certainly lived by that as well, mate. You've made the most of every opportunity yeah. and you obviously have a lot of fun doing it. Always got a smile yeah. on your face, but mate, absolute honor to have you on the podcast, mate. Really appreciate you giving up your time over there while you're in quarantine and, um, coming on the podcast it's been awesome to go through your journey um, and mate I love watching you play like I said mate you're a inspiration for all the little men out there in the world so um, keep doing your thing keep enjoying it keep getting me a heap of fantasy rugby points by breaking all your tackles and <laughs> playing your game but mate really appreciate you coming on Legion thanks very much thanks mate